The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Alexander Arnold. Really can't keep that out either. It's Luis Diaz. Liverpool are into yet another final, a Champions League final in Paris. The Reds gave us a bit of a scare, but... We know, never underestimate these Warriors. Brilliant night in Spain. Luis Diaz providing the big impact from the bench and they book their place in the showpiece in Paris. Right, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all of the articles on Liverpool, everything else on the site, if you sign up at a special price of a pound a month for six months. A pound a month for six months, head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. Some incredible articles on there and the podcasts as well ad free. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. I'm Steve Hothersall on the Red Agenda today. James Pierce still out in Spain and Kiva O'Neill as well as we reflect on a momentous night. And you've got to start by saying... Just incredible. Third final of the season, James. The place is booked. Yeah, a, another piece of history, Steve. First first team that's ever ever reached all, all three finals in one season. And I suppose we probably should have known that Liverpool don't have a habit of doing things the easy way. They're, even though they had that commanding lead from the first leg, a lot of people were already talking about Paris. We should have known that uh, there would be a bit of a, a dramatic twist and... Uh, yeah, it was one hell of a night in El Madrigal. You know, it might be a small stadium, but it's it's very compact and tight, and their support was incredibly noisy and passionate. And I think um, you've got to give Villarreal a lot of credit for um, for the problems they caused Liverpool in that opening forty five minutes. But um, in tough situations like that, I think elite managers and elite players come to the fore. And Jurgen Klopp and this incredible squad he's assembled really did that in that second half. You know, to trigger you know, an absolute transformation to ease those nerves and um, and ensure that the party was, was well underway and the, the travelling cop up to my left long before the end. And, uh, you know, they were they were singing about Paris and and dreams of a, of a seventh European Cup. There'll be some sore heads in eastern Spain, won't there? I suppose this was the greatest example of this season, Kiva, where they have found a way, the answers when needed, another gear to go into their class. Yeah, I mean, the mentality of that team to do what they did there was just remarkable. And I think the best thing about it is you kind of expected the second half to happen exactly in the way it did. I think a lot of people were calling for Jordan Henderson, so it was a shock not to see him straight away at half-time. He stuck with Naby Keita, and to be fair to Naby Keita, he, you know, it was completely two different performances from a lot of players in the first and second half. Maybe barring Virgil van Dijk, who I thought probably was Liverpool's best sort of, you know, player throughout, especially that first half when it was all going a bit wobbly. But Keita, yeah, I think sort of symbolised that Liverpool team. You know, he just got it, he just turned it around, didn't he himself, and they turned it around. It was just, I think, I don't know, I was thinking just to make us feel a bit alive, they kind of do this, don't they? Need to sort of, you know, you've got to earn your place to the Champions League final. So by obviously 
uh, Villarreal going 2 0 up, and us thinking maybe they'll get another and they'll go through and they'll do, you know, Juventus, Bayern Munich, and Liverpool. I was already envisioning that Alberto Moreno, you know, little video where he's saying, get out Manchester United. I was already <laughs> envisioning someone dubbing that to get out Liverpool, but obviously, you know, that wasn't to be the case. You could see him sort of nervously watching on, couldn't you? And Roberto Firmino, too, obviously couldn't play a part, but we're just you know, anxiously watching on like the rest of us to see the outcome. But yeah, they, they came out fighting in that second half and definitely all down to Lewis Diaz, who's, you know, I think we'll we'll talk about him in seasons to come, years to come, for the impact he's had in, in this six months, this latter half of the season. You've got to thank Tottenham almost. You know, they sort of pushed Liverpool into signing him. They were maybe looking at him for this summer. But obviously Tottenham trying to swoop in and get a deal done forced Liverpool's hand and now, you know, they've got one of the one of the best players they, they could have hoped to have, you know, especially in the games to come and the past few games he changed the derby and, you know, now he's changed the second leg of a semi final of the Champions League, which is no mean feat. Let's paint the picture of, of the day and leading up and everything. It was awful weather, wasn't it, out there, James? I think at one point a few people were maybe wondering whether this game would go ahead. Yeah, it was absolutely grim. I think um, with Villarreal being being such a small place, you know, for Liverpool fans were, were dotted all over the place, really ac- across the region. You know, quite a few of them were in Valencia, where I am currently, and yeah, certainly from from pretty much Monday night onwards, right the way through all day Tuesday, it was just absolutely torrential rain on it. I've only ever seen rain like it in the Far East, or in like places like Bangkok on pre-season tours and. But even then, it tends to just be for a couple of hours, and then and then it, it clears up. But this was this was absolutely relentless. I think everyone got absolutely drenched on the train station to the to the stadium, and you know I think it all added as well to to it made things more tricky for Liverpool because I think um, you know certainly there was a bit of surface water on the pitch that you could see. It seemed to be especially down Liverpool's end that they, in that first half. That was another element that they had to deal with, and you know it was it was a rarity really that first half because you know, we've we've seen Liverpool go to much more intimidating environments and and flourish this season. Yet Klopp said himself afterwards he he just sensed the minds were not right. He said and that and that affected decision making, and and Andy Robertson who did did some media afterwards. Well, you know talked about you know sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say in the same way as you know. The fans at Anfield can inspire us. When you go away to places, you can feel a bit intimidated, and um, that certainly was a part of it during that that first half. When it was, I must admit, I'd be lying to you if I thought, you know, no worries, they'll sort this out because Liverpool were so bad. You know, as good as Villarreal were, and you've got to give them massive credit because you kind of watched it and you thought, is this really the same team that showed absolutely zero ambition at Anfield last week? And now they're like, you know, a pack of wolves all over Liverpool, forcing mistakes. And it was hard viewing in that first half. And I must admit, you know, it's the, the only thing that was nagging away at me was whether Villarreal could maintain that intensity. And I think, you know, that was certainly an element of the second half as well, because once that dropped off, you know, we, we saw Liverpool just grow in stature. Do you know, I wasn't getting too worried, Kiva, because I think this season we've seen the boss do some big things at half time change the narrative of games, get extra out of place, make the right changes as well. I think a lot of people might have put Jordan Henderson on at halftime. He just puts Luis Diaz on and that that completely transforms the game. Yeah, that was, I think, a big decision to make, not to bring Henderson on, even not to 
bring Naby Keita off early. You could have brought him off 20 minutes into that. He was like, you know, out of Liverpool's midfielders and that's no slight on him because, you know, Thiago was way off and everyone around him, every player on that pitch pretty much other than, I'd say, Alisson maybe and Van Dijk looked all right. But, you know, the, the collective confidence was just rock bottom, wasn't it? And you could see that in every pass. He was scared to go up the pitch and that's just... Shocking to see, like that's not Liverpool we've been watching for, you know, such a long time, and you know the big games like that. I I think it felt a bit similar to the the first leg against um, Real Madrid with obviously with no fans last season. Felt like it was sort of similar, and there was obviously no no fans for Liverpool to be you know intimidated at all. Maybe they were just intimidated by Real Madrid, but they looked off it in that, and you know they picked up I think in the second half, but it was almost too late anyway um you know not bringing Jordan Henderson on was you know I think everyone was kind of thinking right you bring the captain on because the best thing about Jordan Henderson is he's a very gifted footballer I think he's a little bit underrated at times in terms of his passing you know we talk all the time about Thiago but Henderson can whip a ball wherever he wants to and does so quite often but the thing he brings is just that leadership that togetherness that you know being able to just sort of you can count on him to sort of rally the troops and get everyone sort of on the same sort of page and obviously without him there you felt like that's what they needed they needed someone to do that but then you know whatever Klopp said at half time and the players come out and, and did that on their own with just the added sort of fun value of uh, Lewis Diaz who just wants to do the thing that Liverpool weren't doing in the first half and that's take players on. No player had the confidence to do it, you know, Andy Robertson Trent were bringing the ball back to the defence and you know, that was inviting pressure because like you say the ball felt like it was moving a bit slower in that half of the pitch especially round the, the right back area so Liverpool were almost inviting that pressure on. Lewis Diaz just got the ball and, and, and took it right to uh, Villarreal and then obviously, you know Everyone sort of picked up anyway. Um, so, yeah, Henderson obviously was the, the player you thought that was needed, but, you know, eventually comes on, doesn't he? And, and Liverpool are, are all right anyway. It's another half-time team talk that goes down in, in history. We, we'd cast our minds back to Istanbul, wouldn't we? But, we, you know, that this one will have its own piece of history, James, particularly because, and as you've detailed in your piece on The Athletic now, Klopp wanted to see some highlights from the first half to show his players how to do it. And they were that bad that there weren't any. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's the first time that's that's ever happened where, um, you know, Peter Krawitz always disappears down the tunnel a couple of minutes before halftime. And, you know, his his job is to, is to pick some clips to kind of reinforce the positives, as Klopp likes to call it. And, um, you know, and, and usually even on, a, on an average day, there's still a, a host of suitable clips that you can show them but yeah he he had to break the news to Klopp that, that there wasn't a single one to kind of to, 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 to put on the big screen in the dressing room and say this is what we need to do more of and um yeah so it with no images to show them it was it was all about motivational words and and tactical tweaks and you know Virgil van Dijk afterwards was saying that you know he just kept saying to us you know play the Liverpool way just what you know we go back to doing what we've done all season which has given us you know this in, this incredible platform to to win these to go on and win these trophies. You know it's he's he's just got such a gift, Klopp, hasn't he, for being able to find the right words in the right moments. And it was interesting as well hearing Andy Robertson say that Klopp had stayed very calm. He said, you know, there was no because I think I think a lot of managers would have been quite angry after what they'd seen in that first half because 
you know, certainly as a as a supporter watching on, you'd have thought, what are they doing? You know, this there's so much at stake, and you and they were in danger of throwing this away. But that's why Klopp is such an elite manager, and why there were celebrations from Liverpool fans all around the world when he signed that contract extension, because there is there is no one better, and you know, he he came to the fore once again, and um, yeah, it it will have its own little place in history. That that halftime transformation, and you know, of course, it's not on the same scale as Istanbul because it wasn't AC Milan, it wasn't in the final, it didn't lead to a trophy. But you know, if, especially if Liverpool do go on and 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 lift the European Cup in Paris on May the twenty eighth, then um, yeah, those fifteen minutes in the bowels of a very noisy, passionate El Madrigal will um, will go down in Liverpool European folklore because um, they were just absolutely unrecognisable, weren't they? Second half, you know, it was. That the composure was back, you know. Klopp said that there was. I think he said there was one moment early in the second half when they played the ball through the lines and Cater turned and and found Sadio Mane and he he said he kind of nodded as if to say, yeah, we're back. Like this, this is more. This is more kind of how I want to see it because it was it was just crazy, wasn't it? For like the number of aimless long balls I saw, even Allison was at it. You know, pumping 60, 70 yard long balls for like Sadio Mane to try and challenge in the air and or pumping long balls straight into the stand under absolutely no pressure. It was, they, they were rattled first half, but um, yeah, that those are the two biggest things, you know, the kind of calming players down at half time, you know, making sure the mindset was was right. And then, yeah, the tactical stuff. Because it was, it was interesting listening to Klopp about, you know, he, he just said he felt that the midfield and the front three were just far too static in that first half. He said, you know, when when teams go man for man and try and rattle you and, and unsettle you like Villarreal did so successfully, he said, you know, you've got to keep moving to find find little pockets of space. And um, suddenly Liverpool did that second half. And yeah, once once Fabinho scores that goal, then you know, it just all around me, the whole complexion of the night changed. The whole It was like, it's like someone had burst a balloon because I don't think anyone in El Madrigal believed from that moment on that, that, that Villarreal had a hope. And I wonder what the Villarreal fans will be making of their keeper today, Kiva. He um, he certainly contributed to Liverpool's success. Fabino's shot goes right through him. The next goal as well, he's vulnerable for... He had a little bit of a shocker, didn't he, in that second half? Yeah, but I you know, met a lot of their fans last week, the Villarreal fans, and they're just so proud and so happy to have been here. And I feel like, obviously, they'll be feeling disappointed with you know little performances like that in the second half from them because... They just looked knackered, didn't they, in that second half? They looked, they weren't pressing. Whether that was Unai Emery's tactic to, you know, not let them press with that level of intensity, because they didn't give Liverpool a minute, did they? And thought they were absolutely brilliant to watch. And you know, not many teams have made this Liverpool team look as woeful as they did in that first half. So full credit to them. But they obviously just couldn't keep that energy levels up to carry on, continue to. You know, keep putting Liverpool under pressure. They stepped off a little bit, and that helped Liverpool. And obviously, Liverpool refound you know their composure. But yeah, I think their fans will be disappointed because you know they were they've been in a semi final before, it hasn't quite worked out for them of the Champions League. And you know they would have been thinking, hoping, can they do something special? And obviously, they won the first trophy last season in the Europa League, beating Manchester United in the final. You know, no one would have expected that. No one would have expected last night or the journey that they've been on and you know they, they seem like 
like lovely people when I met them and I think a lot of Liverpool fans will tell you that I haven't you know met them before a few years ago but you know, there's a nice sort of bond between the clubs and I noticed that I think it said um, you know they'd had a meeting I think Merseyside Police whoever was over there with them and said fans won't be getting kept in Liverpool fans there's no worry after the game I don't know what happened whether they was kept in but only for congestion sort of purposes you know it's like there's a, a friendship between these two clubs I think and I think Alberto Moreno sort of symbolises that, doesn't he? Now, quite rightly, and Kiva mentioned it before, Luis Diaz grabbing a lot, a lot of the headlines for the way he's changed it. You, you just think, and we've mentioned it so many times on the pod, James, how quickly he's settled in. He's super confident, isn't he? Grabs it, grabs the ball by the horns. I'm trying to think of a January signing that that has been that effective so quickly. Yeah, I, I suppose you'd have to put it in the Virgil van Dijk bracket, wouldn't you? In terms of someone who who came in and and lifted a team midway point of the season in the in the same way. I don't think you know when when Van Dijk came in, you could see straight away how he just gave the team something that they've been sadly missing. And I think you know, obviously, very very different types of players, but but Diaz is it's similar, isn't he? He's, he's he does remind me more and more of Suarez in terms of. You know, without without the the bad stuff that came with Suarez, he's I don't know. He just comes alive with the ball at his feet, and he's just an absolute nightmare for defenders. And it was interesting afterwards because I think Klopp was wary about talking up Diaz too much because I think he felt that inevitably, if if you talk about what an incredible performance that was from Diaz, you, you're kind of pointing the finger at Diogo Jota uh, for for being the problem in the first half, and Klopp said, you know, let's be very clear, we had 11 problems in the first half, you know, i.e., you know, every every player was off it. But, um, yeah, there's no doubt that Diaz spearheaded that fight back and he's just been an absolute revelation, hasn't he? I, I can't believe how good he's been. And he, you keep thinking, how can he possibly sustain this when, you know, he's so new to this squad, so new to, you know, settling in a new country, doesn't speak the language, you know, hasn't been overburdened with tactical instructions, just been told to go and play his natural way. And yet I asked Robertson about it after the game and he just said, you know, he just fits us perfectly, he said, with his skill set, but also his will to win, his desire to chase lost causes and, and make blocks and interceptions. And yeah, I mean, he could have had a hat-trick in that second half with, you know, the you know there was the volley that he was fuming with himself that he put wide. The timing of his run for the header from Trent's cross for the second goal was sensational from where I was in the stadium I just assumed it was offside when I first saw it because he thought well how can he possibly be in that much space and and still be onside and then you watch it back and you know it's it's absolutely absolutely spot on you know there was the one that was deflected just wide as well so as Kiva said before it's funny isn't it because you know you as a as a club you put so much planning into a season there's so much attention to detail from you know the nutrition to the travel to the throwing coach to the you know, the German neurologist working on, sorry, a neuroscientist working on set pieces. But, you know, one element of this season, when we look back on it, will be kind of fate and a bit of good fortune. The fact that Tottenham Tottenham made such a strong push to sign him in January and the fact that Porto were, you know, so skint that they needed to sell and were prepared to drop their asking price. And suddenly Liverpool had this gift from heaven that um, they didn't expect to be able to get into the summer. And you know, and even even then, when you you know, you just thought, well, it, you know, like most Klopp signings, it will be eased in gently. 
You know, there's no, you know, it's, he's almost got half a season to get his feet under the table, yet he's been dancing on the table for most of the last few months and he's, he's, just, he's just an absolute joy to watch. There's a lot to happen between now and, and May the 28th and Paris and the Stade de France, but maybe a bit of an unfair question, but in your head, Kiva, are you, are you starting Luis Diaz in the final? Yeah, I'm starting him in every game now. <laughs> I'm agreeing. I don't know why you don't start him because you don't want that first half to ever repeat in the, the coming weeks because that first half in a Champions League final against Real Madrid or Manchester City, it's game over if you perform like that. So you need your players on the pitch from the start who are gonna, you know, are gonna play in a way that Diaz does, and that's like James was just going over then, you know, just his intent to chase after lost causes and you know, even when he's fouled, he doesn't sort of like just like, you know, he'll sort of maybe clutch at himself sometimes, but he gets right back up if the ball's in play. Obviously if the whistle's gone he'll stay down or whatever. But he just gets right back up. He just wants to to fight for everything and, and to fight for Liverpool and that's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and he's just added that little bit of energy when, you know, you think of, of January's before and we always talk going into January about Liverpool and, oh, you know, sometimes they struggle a little bit at the turn of the year and obviously we know how last season panned out and, um, you know, Liverpool struggled for a, a few months at the start of the year. But adding someone like Diaz to the squad is just... You know, he's been electric, he's been a game changer, he is a game changer, you know that he's going to change plenty more games for Liverpool. The only thing, the argument you could make for him to not start games would for him to be, you know, coming off the bench and having that impact, you know, being that impact player. He's like just a card Klopp can keep close to his chest and then just release him, you know, because you know what you're going to get from him. But releasing him from the start and having him start games, I think he's one of those players that... Like I'm shocked that those players looked like that in the first half and lacked such confidence. But Luis Diaz is one player. I just don't think looking at him and the way he plays and the way he chases after everything, the way he wants to dribble past every single player on the pitch. You know, he'll dribble past them and then come back and dribble past them again, which I think's you know, just iconic in itself. You know, I'll, I'll beat you, but then I'll let you get back and then I'll beat you again. That's the thing. I think he has to almost be careful what, what he does, maybe does he start him or just use him as that player who's going to come off the bench. But I think watching him last night, I was very convinced that, you know, he's the player you start in the final, he's the player you start against Tottenham at the weekend as well. Um, because we know that's probably Liverpool's toughest test um, in terms of league fixtures upcoming. But yeah, Diaz is just, just remarkable. I mean, the impact he's had has been amazing. I remember spending like a few hours in Wisecout watching clips of him thinking... Bloody hell, he's going to be good if he can play the way he's played for Porto, for Liverpool. And he has straight away, there's been no no hiccups at all. He's just arrived and that was it. He was a Liverpool player. He wore the Liverpool red and just looked a Liverpool player from the off. So, you know, just amazing. And I think, you know, he has the potential to be to be better than all of them almost. I think he's got everything in him that could make him better than Salah, Mane, Firmino, Jota, whoever. You know, he's got that potential in him and he's showing it. You know, obviously the goals will come like it did last night and the finishing perhaps at times and maybe composure here and there. And sometimes he doesn't, you kind of look and think, does he know where to, to play the ball at times or he'll keep hold of it for like a second too long. But I think, you know, we'll probably see the best Lewis Diaz next season. That's even, you know, 
more so exciting, isn't it? No one knew how good. He's absolutely taken the world by storm, hasn't he? And he's probably sort of energised the other attackers as well. Goal for Sadio Mane gets on to 20 for the season. What a campaign he's been having. And I think mentioned in the last pod, surely going to be, I don't know, within some sort of list for Ballon d'Or, for, for honours. Incredible stuff as far as he's concerned, James. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think he has to be in the mix if, if this month goes on to and Liverpool achieve what we all hope and dream they will do, then, you know, Sadio Mane has to be in the conversation for the Ballon d'Or. When you think, you know, I can't think of anything comparable in terms of a player that's kicked off a year by, you know, being the hero at the Africa Cup of Nations, you know, an icon in his country on the back of that, and then repeats the trick to fire them to the World Cup. And then he's just gone to a whole new level hasn't he you know it's you think of the big goals he scored in what Champions League quarterfinals semi-final you know FA Cup semi-final you know we don't know yet the true value of that equaliser at the Etihad in the the 2-2 draw that you know without it this title race would be over um you know reinvented really as a central striker you know so strong you know so intelligent so quick links play so well and playing with a belief that you know, I, I wondered whether we'd see back from him. You wondered earlier on in the season whether whether the best days were behind him, but he's, he's made a mockery of those suggestions and, you know, has shown that, you know, arguably getting his contract sorted this summer is, you know, certainly if not quite as important, then, you know, only just behind sorting out Salas because, um, you know, he he's still got so much left to offer. You know, a little helping hand from the blundering keeper last night with his with his goal, but it's still it's still epitomised where Sadio Mane is up to at the moment with his game. The way that, you know, the you know the alertness to latch on to that cater pass to to nip it away from the goalkeeper, the strength to to shrug off the defender, and then the composure to to tuck it away. So yeah, and, and you know, and going back to what you said before, I think. Diaz has absolutely nailed on to start the Champions League final if fit. Of course, I think there probably will be times in the next few weeks where you know he, he's not on the pitch all the time, and of course Jota will have a part to play uh, still. And you've got you know Firmino not far off coming back to fitness. But Liverpool's best front three at the minute is is Diaz, Mane through the middle, and and Salah on the other side. I don't think I don't think anyone could argue with that, and that. That just underlines what an embarrassment a Richard Klopp has got. The fact that we're talking about Diaz having scored, uh, sorry, Jota having scored 21 goals this season. And, you know, on what planet does a fellow who scored 21 goals not get in your best 11 and not and not start the Champions League final? But I think when you suddenly start to look ahead to that now, you think, well, it'll be intriguing to see whether it's Henderson or Cater in midfield alongside, obviously, Fabino and Thiago, because those two are nailed on. And then... What he does with the centre backs will be really intriguing as well. Whether it wouldn't surprise me if maybe between Matip and Kanate, one starts the FA Cup final and one starts the Champions League final, because I don't think there's much between them at the at the minute. You know, again, I thought Kanate, like most of them, struggled at times in the first half last night, but I I thought he was you know much more calm and settled in the second half, and he's absolutely blossomed over the course of the season as well. So. Um, yeah, it's just amazing, isn't it, to think that in a season which has gone the distance, will be 57 games down, you know, six to go. They're going to play every single possible game they could have done this season. The squad still looks so ridiculously deep. You only had to see that last night, the celebrations, the players coming onto the field who weren't even involved. It's um, That has been absolutely crucial to, to maintain in this amazing momentum. 
You almost have to pinch yourself when when you talk about all these different finals, don't you? Let, let's have a final word. I'm sure you saw the Mo Salah interview, Kiva. Did you after the game last night on BT Sport? Yeah, bit of it. Yeah, it was excellent. I think it was a real insight into the man because he's generally quite guarded, but he he opened up on quite a few things. Wants to play Real Madrid in the final. You you could tell because Crouchy was going. You want a bit of revenge, don't you, for the other year? And I think that's fair enough for any sports person, isn't it? And and perhaps he sees it maybe as a I don't want to say easier, but a slightly more manageable task than Man City. But the other thing he mentioned was that he'd set himself the target of 40 goals and 15 assists for the season. I mean, we're talking about a guy with ridiculous confidence, but belief. And the idea that you go into a season, we don't often hear this from strikers, that they reveal this, what their objectives are. But the idea that he goes into the season thinking, I'm scoring 40. And he looks like he'd be upset with himself if he doesn't get 40. Yeah, I did see that bit and... He's on 30 now and 15 assists, so you know he's he's ticked all those assist boxes that he wanted to, but obviously the goals. And you think, do you know what? You wouldn't put it past Mo Salah in the remaining games Liverpool have got to score 10 goals. Like you can see that hunger and desire in in him, and you've seen that from the start of the season. And I think that's that's exactly now he sort of revealed that that sort of makes sense when you've you know seen him weaving in and out of players, and you know poking a finish into the top corner because that's what he, he just dreams of doing every single game. And it's always disappointing for him when he doesn't score. So to come off the pitch and, and not have a, a goal from Salah, it's almost a bit weird to him probably. And, you know, I think you always think, is he a bit like fuming with himself because he just has such a set, such a high bar for his performances. And I think his performances, even when he hasn't scored most of the time, have been you know, top notch and I think it's always quite nice to, to listen to him in interviews because they are just so rare to hear him, you know, you hardly hear him and, you know, for him not to speak about his future was probably just nice because obviously it's been just every interview he's he's given or, you know, got in recent months has been, you know, about, the, you know, his future and what's going to happen and sort of, you know, the negotiations and that kind of thing. So for him to just be like, yeah, to set a target to 40 goals and, you know, just having a bit of a laugh and obviously wanting to play Madrid in the final, I think makes sense given, you know, what happened that season. And I feel like it just would be fitting for Liverpool to play Madrid in the final. Obviously, we know they've played them before in a European Cup final and won and didn't quite go to plan in 2018 for Salah or any of the other players. But this team is completely different now in personnel, but also in levels of like confidence this team now you know they almost feel like bigger than Real Madrid and the mentality and the quality you know they would maybe go into that final against Real Madrid as favourites obviously we know Real Madrid what they bring and the badge and everything else and they can just win a final because they're Real Madrid but I feel like you know Real Madrid would be nice in a lot of ways for this team to come full circle I think and Man City in a final just feels hellish, doesn't it? Like, it'll take a few years off all of us watching that. Right, let's switch our attention to the Premier League. The players will have done that um, today. Spurs next, James. Um, Mo needs another 10 goals, so deliver three against Man City. We'll be, we'll be over the moon. Uh, sorry, against Spurs, I should say. It's Saturday, Saturday evening at Anfield, under the lights... And this feels like maybe the biggest of the run-in, does it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I, I think just because we've seen the heights that Spurs can hit on occasions, they've they've been they've been very inconsistent. Yet, you know, it's not been plain sailing for them since Conte went in there. Yet, 
you know they they're in that tussle for the for the Champions League final spot. And I think when you've got Harry Kane and Son, especially on the, the form that he's in, you know you're up against an opponent that, that can hurt you and will hurt you if you're not absolutely bang on it. So um, I think it helps Liverpool that, you know, in, in the same way as Klopp was clearly concerned and not particularly happy about the quick turnaround before going to Newcastle at 12.30, I think he'd be much happier with the gap. You know, the fact that, you know, playing Tuesday night, Wednesday, recovery day, and the fact that you've then got Thursday, Friday, and most of Saturday as well, and you're home, there's no travel, and it's Anfield under the lights. So I, th- I think that all helps Liverpool in terms of preparing for this one. I think it'll be intriguing to see what he does team-wise. I do, I do wonder whether it might be time to to give Andy Robertson a little breather. You know, I think he's feels like he's played every minute or nearly every minute. I know Simicus came on very briefly last night, didn't he? But Robertson has been almost ever present in this incredible run and you think maybe it is a night to to give Simicus a, a go from the start. I'm sure we'll see Jordan Henderson come back into the midfield. You know, Diaz having only played 45, you'd imagine he would start as well. Um, Matip, of course, will come back into contention. So yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be very similar, won't it, to how Klopp has, has kept on approaching these games that, that come so thick and fast where... You know, it's it's trying to get that balance right between making enough changes to ensure there's freshness and energy without making too many that it becomes just disjointed. You were talking about Andy Robertson, um piece that Kiva's written, which is on The Athletic at the moment. How Andy Robertson got good at corners, uh, which is a great insight into that, Kiva and Mark Carey together. But of course, Andy will, will think back to when they played the Tottenham ground where he had a goal an assist and a red card as well Kiva he might might want to make up for that yeah or like James says maybe he could miss this one out if he's a yeah bit of luck and then bad luck in that game wasn't it for for Robertson Um, but I think that maybe did sort of leave a bit of a clue with Simakas coming on last night that maybe you know he might get rotated we know now that obviously Liverpool will have played every game this season and that's you know, for them to still be putting out second half performances as energised as that was yesterday was, you know, incredible. Like, I can't even run the shop, so never mind. Like, run around the pitch as much as they do and given that, you know, level of intensity um, throughout the season and never letting that stop is just ridiculous. Um, but Robertson's one of those players that for the past few seasons, I think he was always right up there when Wijnaldum had like the most minutes and then it was like Robertson and then obviously like Salah and Mane. You know, they're the kind of players that will play every game no matter what. But I think Klopp's been a bit like more able to, to rotate him and obviously with Simakas and his early, early performances in the season, I think showed that he's, you know, definitely capable of, of stepping up to the to the Andy Robertson mark and, you know, putting in some very good corners himself and set pieces and, you know, his delivery and open plays brilliant. I think he defends well. He's quite confident in his, um, you know, passing exchanges with forward players and getting up and down. So I feel like it's, you know, he's been amazing to have there, hasn't he? Because over the other side, you wouldn't say that Trent necessarily has, you know, the, the ready-made sort of backup. Obviously, we know Joe Gomez has been... Um, doing a, a good job there when he has um, played as he did at Newcastle and in other games this season. But yeah, Simakas is a great option for, for Liverpool to have. And I think it's important that these players do get continue to get rested. So there might be one or two changes where we're like not expecting it. And I think, you know, that'll just be with an eye on all of the prizes now, you know, especially FA Cup finals in the middle of, you know, 
the season still, isn't it? Fixtures either side of it. And then obviously it all ends on the 28th of May in a European Cup final, which is just nice to say that sentence, isn't it? Liverpool are going to another Champions League final. We're getting to see three finals from this team alone in the past four years. It's just, that's mad. That's just, yeah. Incredible! What a book ending to the uh, the season. Thanks to the guys. Uh, don't forget, check James's piece out. Klopp's words turn Liverpool from vulnerable to impregnable. Safe journey home uh, from Eastern Spain, James. Thank you to Kiva as well. Kiva's piece on Andy Robertson uh, is on the Athletic right now. Thank you for listening to the Red Agenda. Uh, what a night! What a day! And Liverpool heading for another final. We'll see you next time.